us begin. Let us begin. Welcome to 2020. Season 2. Brain Season 2, Brain Bandwidth. Here we go. We're excited. We are. Okay, so let's start with the easiest subject ever that we can imagine. Happiness. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. NBD. No yeah. Easy to explain, easy to achieve, easy to maintain. Yeah. Never has been an issue for anyone in any situation. Yeah. Easy peasy. Let's define happiness. Okay. As simple as that. All right. And How would you define it then? I have no idea. I know. And that's it's the elusive. beauty of it. It's because happiness is a personal experience. Mm -hmm. Like my version of happiness is way different from, you know, most people. Version of happiness. I'm sure there are stuff where people, you know, overlap. If you bring a bunch of people that enjoy cars together and you tell them you're going to go on the race track, potentially for happiness for a bunch of people. But see, if you add to the group people that just don't care, it's going to bring them anything. Mm -hmm. So by definition, we, we like to have that ideal of happiness, but I think it's very materialistic. At the end of the day, it's very, you know, when you have the house and the family and the car and this and that. Happiness is a personal experience that's very hard to explain uh, because most people can't relate to what makes you happy. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between um, happiness and I don't know if joy is the right word, but there's like there's like those kind of hits of happiness. So whether it's like you love driving so that you're going around the racetrack and it's like that kind of, you know, dopamines flowing and it's thrill happiness. And then there's this kind of just contentment maybe is a better Bliss. term. Bliss. Yeah. It's, and so I think there's often there's a disconnect too in what people want to be quote unquote happy. And is it, I know in my own personal life, it's not that there can be moments of bliss and super fun, but you're actually, your baseline is not content. So, so there is one aspect of happiness that sees the physicality and materialistic of it, doing a sport you enjoy, doing an activity you enjoy, going somewhere, meeting people, like, yep. and then there is the internal happiness. Yes. Which is a lot harder. So the one I was speaking about that, you know, is hard to share is the more of the internal one. And that's the one you just spoke about because you can't, as far as I can tell, you can't fix happiness. No. You have to fix what's around it to allow someone to reach a state of happy, whether it's external or internal, which make it, you're always detached from that goal. Mm -hmm. you, you can never apply anything to that specific goal, no matter what tool you use, no matter what, you know, if you do meditation, you cannot do meditation to be happy. You can do meditation to find peace, which in turn may help you deal with situations, which in turn may allow you to get through them, which in turn may allow you to have a moment of happiness. Right, and I think that you don't necessarily, I know me personally, you don't need, I mean, for me, the ultimate goal because of where I am now is that underlying peace and contentment, and that's what I actually am now equating to happiness in my own life. But I, you actually don't even need to have that because I didn't have that for years and years and years. But I was still able to reach those kind of like bliss points. So like go yeah. wake surfing, go out with friends, have some drinks with whatever, and then and then go back down into the valley of like despair. It's almost like an escapism, you know? It's I think some people use or, or think of these kind. I think there's that, that, that uh, I'm not sure how we marry the two or if you can. So it's almost like... Yeah. We mix 
what I'm going to call the materialistic happiness yeah. of things we can actually do yes. with emotional happiness, which is right. the state you're in. And I think it's ultimately probably what everybody wants in terms of the white picket fence kind of concept is we're all trying to attain the state and we can't necessarily get to that state by just doing those material kind of like dopamine response kind of moment in time happiness. I think it's the work that we've talked about is how you get to that more calm, peaceful, happy state and that that is not necessarily... A straight line it's a it's a highs and lows but you know I think there's there's that difference there a good example of that is going on a vacation and coming back from vacation right while you're on vacation in theory if it's a pleasant vacation you're gonna hit all the checkbox of happiness both internal and external because potentially you have time with yourself or with your family or with no one depending what your vacation means to you but whatever box needs to be ticked internally is getting ticked. Uh, potentially the materialistic one, again, whether you want to be in the forest with nothing or you want to be in an all-inclusive resort, that you are ticking that box. So during that vacation, you can feel super happy and you come back and you feel miserable because the box are not checked anymore, but it's very different. And the delta between the two is very interesting. When you find happiness in your regular life and that's an outcome people get to doing mm -hmm. any kind of work any sort of work but it's not an outcome you can sell on because there is no formula for it no and that's that's the tough part because explaining it is one thing then how to get there well you don't really you stumble upon it you do, and you don't get there. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work to get there to that level of con that state of contentment. What is that saying where they say um, uh, ha a happy life is one that you don't want, need to take a vacation from? Yeah. And I think that's a low, a bit of a loaded term because I think that we just we have this unrealistic definition of happiness, and I think that's kind of where we're going to be trying to get to is this especially in our current climate, you know, it's happiness is now a commercial. It's like everyone's trying to sell happiness. So I was listening to something yesterday that that speaks to that a tiny bit. And maybe it's going to the message is going to be conveyed properly. But it's a father that watched with his kids. Uh, uh, Honey, I've shrunk the kids. Yes. That movie. That's old school movie where they need to intercom in the house to speak to different things that are very, very dated. And his kid loved it. And he went on Rotten Tomato to see the critics. And the critics were all bad, like, oh, the narration is not this, the kid's acting is not that. But in his mind, he was looking at it when I saw it as a kid. This was just awesome. And my kids just watch it. And they think it's awesome. Because to your point of view, it just is. Mm -hmm. And happiness is a bit like that. It really depends on your point of view and where right. you come from. Because right. you can have someone that says, well, this is a crappy situation. And you can be there. Actually, I'm enjoying a lot of what's happening right now. Right, and it's uh, like Jamie and I, my husband and I, have traveled to like developing countries, and you, you know, unfortunately in North America or in the developing world, we've attached happiness to material, and it's actually really refreshing to go to these places where 
like in in um, Laos and in, in Thailand, where you're in you know the country, and there's these these people that really have no ma very little material things, but they're just content and happy, and it's a really good kind of reminder that we are. It's almost like in our society we're chasing the next thing. Well, I'm going to be happy when I get the house. I'm going to be happy when I get the car. I'm going to be happy when I get the family. And it's like we're constantly... The never-ending list. The never-ending list. It goes back to our first episode, right? It's like that never-ending list that I will be happy when. But when you do the work and you start realizing that the best thing you can do is invest in your kind of baseline state of contentment and how you live in the present moment and how you process your stuff on a day-to-day -day basis it's so much more rich than wasting your time thinking about that i will be happy when i will be happy when i lose 15 pounds i will be happy when i you know it just is you you can't get there so now i have an interesting question for you mm. are you happy yeah that's good do you remember the last time you weren't happy yeah and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, no. but it's fine. So, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this might be a good segue into the fallacy of happiness, right? Yeah. So we talk about what, how we define it. So whether it's these kind of two states. So I, I like to define it as happiness is this elusive concept, right? Like whatever. It's, it's almost like too much of a loaded term now we can be in bliss, so we can call it that bliss. So you go rock climbing because you love it, you love driving your car, I love skiing, I love going out with friends, um, and we could feel really, really like blissful in those moments, in those blips. But then you could do that and you actually could not feel content in the, in the, in the valleys in between. So I think what we're trying to get at and what we're trying to talk to is, in my definition now of happiness, is working mostly on that contentment on that space in between even when you're feeling when you're having bad days or bad weeks because it's inevitable so what do you think especially with clients coming in because it's probably like the number one thing people want right they want to feel happy they want to be less stressed so what do you think is the fallacy like what what do you think is the thing people are missing when they're when they're trying to attain this like what's your that, for me is that I think most people don't realize that happiness is a side effect. Aha. So elaborate on that. It's that's not. Important. So you, you cannot have happiness as an outcome. Because if you use it as an outcome, once you reach it, you, you stop doing anything and it's not going to stick and it's not going to grow and it's not going to bring anything. Happiness by itself does not bring anything. It's a, it's a finished state kind of scenario. Whereas if you view it as a side effect, then that means you still have runway, but you get to have those bubbles of happiness that you get to carry with you yep. along the way, which helps when, you know, things are tough and you're like, there has been good times, right now it's a bad time and you go back to the good time. What's interesting, especially with the way the brain is set up, we're really, really, really good at imagining the worst that could happen in any situation. This was necessary for us to survive into our environment uh, for thousands of years. If I ask you what is the worst thing that could happen next week to you and your family, you'd be able to tell me, well, we have to do this, 
we have to take the car so you know and maybe one of the kids is sick right now so there is that and if i tell you what could be the best thing that could happen to you in the next week yeah. give me all the scenario of the best thing that could happen to you it's elusive it's really hard because our brain is it's not a state of feeling not a, not an actual like description and the brain is not wired to do that right so trying to wire the brain to anticipate happiness defeat a bit the purpose anyway number one yeah and number two i don't think it's feasible easily within the context of society no and the way i've gotten with largely with your help to this state of quote-unquote happiness was to stop chasing it almost yeah. like exactly what you're saying it's like the more we try to chase it, like me, type A personality, like super, you know, high achiever, I will do this and I'll do the work and whatever. And because I'm trying to to chase this elusive kind of thing that you can't actually chase, when you actually start letting go of that, processing your crap, you know, um, feeling confident in yourself, forgiving yourself, forgiving other people, getting to a place of contentment, living in the moment, you know, doing the, the work, the meditation, the, you know, praying, whatever it is, so that you can actually just almost provide a little bit more space and contentment in the actual moment that I'm not actually worrying anymore about the bad stuff, but I'm also not, it's because it's twofold, right? We can spin in ourselves, which I'm very good at doing. What if, what if, what if, oh my God, like all these things, we talked about this, or the list, or all these things. It's like this constant hamster spinning that our brain is, so that's taking up our bandwidth. So we can start kind of moving away from that. On the flip side, and you know this with me, you can work on opening up the bandwidth to stop worrying about all the, the what ifs, but you can also put too much pressure on yourself to be like, but I'm not happy, but I'm not in the perfect happiness place. What is it? You know, and so you can add that pressure to yourself too. And the more you can actually just let go of that and just be, the more the byproduct of that contentment and happiness, I think, starts to flow in. So on top of that, there is something that I've seen many people do, uh, including you, including me at times, is making the list of the reason why you should be happy and how come you're not. Oh my God, and then beating your, the shit out of yourself. Bye. Like, what the hell? I have all of this. How come I am in that state of misery? Well, that's a human state. And yeah. you have to be okay with the fact that you don't control everything and that you need to let go of things. Yeah. L letting go of you know, that that absolute want helps. Be, oh because my. it's a side effect. Again, it's the biggest thing here is that you cannot aim for happiness. No. It will most likely never work. Maybe if some people are able to actually go for it as a target and achieve that, but I'm I'm not sure it's even through sheer power of will. I think it's very contextual, so it would be really hard to reproduce. Because you would yeah. need to have certain things happen and be in certain context. If you're working remotely in a city big enough, just the traffic alone could bug you. Like I know in Ottawa, we're having issues with public transport and a lot of people are suffering from it. They're afraid they're not going to make it on time to their work, which means they could be afraid that they're going to lose that work, which means they could be afraid for their family, their household, and ever, just because train is not running on time. Simple mm -hmm. things like that. How can you be happy during that is, you know, 
if you aim for happiness is really hard. Whereas if you try to deal with everything, you can find moments within that context, which is terrible. Oh, this, this, this is bringing me happiness. And this just is, let it go. Even though the situation is not good. Right, and I think that's what doing the work helps with to get to that state of contentment is the more you're able to, A, I think for me, realize that I'm like a soul living a human experience, right? So I am human and it's okay and not beating yourself up about being human, but also just kind of whether you're religious. So for example, if you're religious, so there's a lot of people that if, if, if for example, people who are uh, Christian, let's use that example, in, in their belief, it's like, God has a plan for me, I trust in God, and it's not, you know, I'm just going to kind of surrender and, and trust that God has a plan. Whether you're spiritual, for example, on the flip side, where you're like, okay, everything is a lesson that is put in my path for a reason. It's not always going to be happy, it's not always going to be easy, but once you kind of get to this realization that a, there is no such thing as a constant state of happiness. And B, the contentment comes more in the letting go and surrendering and trying to find moments in time where, okay, so I have two choices here. I'm stuck on the train. Let's just use your example. Yeah. I can spin my wheels about, oh my God, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. You had the same kind of analogy with the you know, flat tire on the side of the road, right? It's like, how do you start training yourself through the work to actually just let go and maybe let go of all the spinning and all the what ifs and just be like, well, this is what it is. It is what it is and I am who I am. And so I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to try not to stress about this. I'm going to try not to run every scenario through my head. And the more you can train yourself to do that, in my opinion, in my experience, the more content you become and the more happy your life becomes. The more clarity you have. Right. So... When situations arise, if you have bandwidth to process and analyze them and make proper decisions, that means you're able to handle them. And a big part of what we do, you know, and what I teach is how to handle events and emotions and situations in the sense that, oh, I feel that I was betrayed by this. Well, yes, forgive the person, forgive yourself, move on. Don't let your brain just roam around. Recently, I had an experience where I had to give an answer on something. And I did because I, I, I had to give the answer now. And the next day I'm like, oh, I should have just said this instead. This would have been so much better. It would have yielded so much more result. But it's too late. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, okay, so now I have to let go of that. That I wasn't exactly like the mindset wasn't there because in that moment I couldn't do any better than what I'd done. And that's okay. We're human, you know. Sometimes you think that your answer is the best you can have and you, you leave a day in between and like, oh, I did not consider, you know, that actually if I put uh, a blue screwdriver somewhere, people would see it more. You know, ridiculous right. example, but that's exactly that. So that I put uh, the usual black screwdriver in the black room. Huh. We're very good and we've been trained, maybe not specifically trained, but definitely not taught of the opposite, but as humans, we're so good at beating ourselves up. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I've got a PhD in it for sure. Um, what, what I'm realizing is it's like, takes a long time and a lot of work and a lot of vulnerability and clearing a lot of stuff. So the, what you help clients with, and I know what you've helped me with is sometimes you do have to kind of clear some of those big blockages before you can get the bandwidth to be actually be able to do 
the for the work yeah. to stick a yeah. bit more because if so here's an example if you're so angry at someone someone's done something to you or or you've had some kind of like major trauma in your life right and you really have so much anger that's cl- and you're able to have moments of bliss and you're able to be kind of like you know happy sometimes but you can't you cannot clear the constant flow of anger that's yeah. like po- it's like what do they say anger is like trying to kill someone else by drinking your own the poison yourself something like that right so so that's what you're able to help people with is like okay so yeah sometimes it's not going to be easy sometimes you're going to have to forgive someone else forgive yourself do the do some work in order to clear that release that one and the more you can almost like release these like buckets and cloud it's like the clouds come become like thinner the clouds become thinner and thinner and thinner and then it it's a bit more of a blue sky I guess would be my analogy and it doesn't mean though and I know in my experience you've helped me clear so much but doesn't mean that the blue sky stays all the time there's going to be rainy days still and how do we like we know you know with me I I beat myself up on the rainy days because I'm like what it's supposed to be a blue sky and I, I've gone so far and I've done the work and it's, it's supposed to be a blue sky and why is it not a blue sky? And then you can spin about that and it's almost just like, oh wait, we're human and it cannot always be blue skies. It's, it's not just that. I'll go a, a tiny bit spiritual on this. Okay. Because I like that analogy and I'm, I'm, I'm going to push it a bit further. So, in a universe where everything is always the same, where basically a galaxy is the same as a solar system, which is the same as a planet, which is the same as a human. So basically things in motion that interact with one another, that move, that lots of entropy. If you take the planet, if you pick a region and you say from now on, you will never have clouds again, it's going to be very, very, very bad after a while because you need the rain, you need a balance. Like if you don't have rain, doesn't no matter it is, it's not good and if we look at that we're like we're the same if there is a scenario where potentially you're always happy but it's also a scenario where you don't necessarily push anything and life is simple I often ask myself did people used to be happier before because you look at the rate of divorce which is way greater and I think part of it is that life was simpler. And when life mm-hmm. was simpler, it was easier to be happy because there was less thing challenging you, you know. And life was very, very different. You had boxes for men, they knew what they had to do. You had boxes for women, they knew what they had to do. And everybody adhered to the boxes, you know, especially before technology because that was the need of society to be that way. So you didn't really question, you're like, oh, I'm in the box and things are okay, I can fit the family, we have a roof, so that's, I'm pretty happy, you know, I work hard, but uh, the definition has changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years with internet, because now you have access to so much more things, so much more knowledge, and so many things can question so many aspects of life, whereas before, you know, you go before Second World War, you know, women just started to war because of the First World War. But before that, it was relatively rare. And people were somewhat happy with that situation, with that paradigm at the time, because it matched the need of society. 
So people did not question things as or often. Just, or they just didn't know any different. Because you, did not take, because you didn't have access to any kind of... Even yeah. if between no two comparison. countries people were doing things differently, they couldn't communicate that easily. They'd yeah. be like, it's really interesting how you do this there. I prefer how I do something else with me. Whereas now you can look everywhere and compare with everything. And everybody, if everybody has a speck of awesomeness, you're like, oh, I want that speck of awesome, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. Hey, holy crap, I'm doing really poorly, actually. Well, yeah, there's this whole analogy where, like, I think it's like an anthropological, I'm not sure the, the term, but where before kind of the internet and technology, you had kind of circles that were in maximum 100, right? So you had these, like, social circles, and within that circle, there was you kind of, Jordan, you, Jordan, were the best at something. And me, Katie, I was the best at something. And so there was like the blacksmith. He was really good at that. And there was the woman who was really good at that. And that you had this sense of kind of purpose that I am the best in my community. People come to me for X, Y, Z. Well, now we have technology. You're never the best at anything. There's always somebody that's better than you. And you have these also these social media channels where everyone is only putting out their their kind of curated version of themselves so that just exacerbates the problem and we have you know right now kind of mental health mental illness addiction like through the roof especially in the teen like suicide because nobody feels like they're a the expectations are so high the pressure is so high but there's also just this sense of I can never be good enough because there's always somebody that's better and so it's navigating that and figuring out that Oh wait a sec! I am good enough. This is like the this is like the disease in society right now, is this need to, th this this lack of self, kind of like okay, I am that I am, I am what I am, and I don't have to be, all of these other things and be great at all of these other things. So I know through your work you've been to a conference about health. Is it a topic yeah. that shows up in those conferences? Oh my god! Well, yeah, with substance use, yeah, yeah. I, the. I mean, this you know epidemic of substance use is substance use is a is a a patch for something. There's a reason. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it's like oh, a, yeah. it's a symptom of of something. And I mean, we know. I mean, not to get all into work and and stats and stuff, but I mean, we know with substance use, the link with you know childhood trauma is massive. The link with mental illness is massive. There is some genetics at play, but it's it's this escapism. It's this like someone is just not able or you know to process kind of what's either happened or happening or there's this like you know this unrest and that they are turning to something to feel better so then i think we should jump into the next big question mm. how does one become happy or should it be how does one become content yeah that's oh, good yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i mean i think it's almost like redefining what happiness is it's in a order side to effect. be happy, right? You yeah. don't become happy; it just sneaks up on you. That's right. Because for, I know for you, it did. Well, for me, I didn't. I didn't become happy until I stopped trying to become happy, right? It sneaks up on you, and you're like I'm doing good, and I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah. And I remember when you sent me that, I'm like, yeah, yeah because you're doing, doing work and processing stuff, and you're like, but I'm not doing anything more than before. I'm like, yeah, you just process enough that now you get some of the side effect of it. Right. Congratulations. You're like, this is cool. I'm like, yes, and it's not going to last. So, now the question is, how do you become happy? Mm -hmm. How do you become content? And I think for that to happen, you need a holistic approach. 
whether you have you know regular medicine within the realm of what you're doing for whatever reason which can be very valid or not a holistic approach doesn't mean you're throwing away anything it means you're basically taking every avenue to help yourself one of those avenues is the work we bring to the table and this is what we're going to focus on so the work we do does not negate at all having a doctor uh, whatever kind of practitioner helping you and prescribing what you need this is more about the spiritual side of things and by accepting that there is two sides i think is very healthy because at the end of the day we're also human we have feelings and uh, a pill cannot just make you feel everything you need to feel to be happy or content they can help but that's not the end all and be all of us human and if it is i think it's a very sad life yeah. it masks uh, it doesn't yeah. necessarily and i like to believe that you know once we have the tools that have been developed throughout the last hundred years to be healthy and in the place where we can do in in personal work and introspection that's something we should do because that can help us keep moving forward in a holistic approach happiness is a side effect of the work so now where do you begin and how do you get there for me one of the first steps is to be present in the moment and mm -hmm. this is where it can be really hard because if you're in a state of pain unhappiness challenge uh, artfulness anger accepting that you have to be in the present in the now means you're gonna have to feel the things you're mm -hmm. gonna be one with them which mm -hmm. is gonna be just terrible mm -hmm. and often when people come see me they come see me because they're in one of those states and very rarely do people come and they're like I w i'd like to learn more to grow more i'm in a good place but i want more because they're already on their path so you know it's relatively rare what more often than not shows up is someone saying i'm very angry because this happened i'm very disappointed because this happened to me and it's all about their personal stories and it's about your story and your story is the most important things to you uh, even when you have kids because if you can provide for yourself you can provide for the kids so you you still have that balance and to be happy you need to have those check and balances somewhat working so being present can be painful but it allows you to process it and once you start processing it this is when you can start to make room this is when you regain bandwidth this is when you can process interaction actions this is when you can find happiness at some point because it's just going to show up. It's going to be, look, right now everything's fine and your brain is not overwhelmed. You get to feel good. It's like the best. So, yeah, and, you know, most people turn away from it, actually. People don't want to do the work. I mean, I don't know if you've felt this, but I feel like in, in some situations I've seen where it's like we can get really caught up in I need to, I don't feel good about this one thing right now and I, I can either mask it and so people can mask it in multiple different ways. Ignore it. Ignore it. Uh, mask it. A lot of people use substances to mask pain. Uh, repress it. Um, you know, like, yes, antidepressants. I mean, I was on them for a, a while to stay afloat. There's definitely a place, but it's not going to get at the root of the, the problem of the way, you know, why maybe I wasn't in a, in a state of contentment. So like you say, this holistic approach. So if we use me as an example, Okay, Valley, really bad, really anxious, really depressed, couldn't figure out why everything was gray, just really could not get ahead above water. So great, so went to you, naturopath, doctor, doctor prescribes antidepressants, 
that helps the, float the life raft at least, at least above the water to give me enough bandwidth to start doing the work. And I think that's where you say that it, there is a place for whatever you need to do that's helping you stay afloat that's going to at least give you a little bit more space to try to get at the root of the issue. Um, and then what, what, what you're really good at in terms of with your clients and with me is how do we start clearing those storm clouds um, kind it's, of one at a time and it's not going to be easy. Yeah. But and, it's not easy. Like, yeah, it's and, like, and, and that's the sad thing when people show up and like, yeah. all I can do is show you, you know, it's a bit like in the movie The Matrix. All I can do is show you the door. You're the one that has to go through it. Yeah. I can show you the tools. I can tell you roughly what they're going to do and what you could expect a bit from it. But you have to apply yourself. And uh, I remember after my car accident when, you know, I was taking meds for that. And uh, sometimes you just, you need all the help you can get to just get back to a baseline and then you start moving forward and that's right. okay. And that's part of everybody's story. You know, it's different for everyone and everybody has to go at their own pace. The one of the rare way, and if not the only way to, to really find happiness within yourself is actually to deal with those things and to face them and to find the people, you know, people like me. I know there is other people that do the same kind of work. Some people, it's they go to yoga and that's what brings them there. Or therapy. And therapy. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, you need to find what brings you there. Yeah, and you need help because I don't think you can, at least in my case, I, yeah, I couldn't do it alone. I can't do it alone. No. I, the ability to have the high outside of yourself looking down on you being like, oh, I understand why I'm acting like that is really hard. I mean, I've been doing this for a decade now. And even in the case where I can say, I know exactly why I'm reacting this way, that doesn't mean I can process it necessarily alone. Right. <laughs> you know, being aware of it is one thing, but being like, okay, huh, hmm. Because I'm part of a small community and we help one another. Because it's hard to just take on your own self. Totally. Because, uh, the subconscious is hiding things from you. So even if you're somewhat able to say, I see that this situation related to this situation that I had not too long ago, you know, I see how I'm reacting. This is not beautiful, beautiful. I could be better. That doesn't mean I exactly understand why and how, because I don't have a point of view from outside my own self. Mm -hmm. Even if I can start to do the relationship. You, you need someone who you trust and like like you say whether like for me it's you and I have a therapist and I have an naturopath like I've got a village right and my husband and so it's like who are you know what are the tools that you're able to use to start but but none of that's gonna happen unless you you're it. willing to try yeah. and I would say the biggest thing is a certain level of yeah um, vulnerability trust and a willingness to, to kind of like open yourself up in a, in, and sit in a really uncomfortable space. Like it's really uncomfortable to clear oh, some yeah. of these things. It's and it's easy. terrible to be in front of someone you don't know like me. Yeah. And be like, so this is me, that's the situation. And I, I see people that, you know, I'm like, the thing is the story doesn't matter. And I know, some of the people you, you told them to come to me, they couldn't speak about what happened. And that's very normal. And I'm not there for them to speak about what happened anyway. Like, it doesn't really matter. You know what happened. Do you know what happened? And they're like, yes. 
okay, do you have a grasp on how your emotion that comes out? They're like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's that anger. I'm like, okay, we have tools for that. I right. explain to you the tools. You go do them for a month. You come back. You tell me how that feels. And that can be hard. And that can be tough. And you send me a message mm -hmm. if it's too hard. And we adjust a bit. Because it's your story. And you're the only one that can really understand deep down what it means. You know? And the beautiful thing about what I bring is that you're going to use them based on your own needs. And you're able to tailor it with someone, yeah. which is great. I mean, however, it's like your analogy, which I think is the best of your work, um, about like the gym and about being fit. So say somebody wants to get a six-pack abs, big muscles. You're not going to the gym once to do that. For it is eight a, hours. No. You can't go to the gym once and just be like, whoa, look at this. What's happened? No. So you need to be you need to have the willingness and the perseverance to put in the work and sometimes it's not gonna be comfortable. And so but in this place where it's emotional pain, it's almost like people just wanna hide even more from it. Yeah. And so I mean the only thing I could implore people to do because I've been through it is it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it facing it head on. It's worth feeling all the feels and it being sucks. in the valley and it sucks and it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah. But when you asked me like, how do I define happiness and how did I get there? It was going through all of these valleys and continuing to go through these valleys. But the valleys almost become shallower and shallower yeah. and shallower. They, they become less important. Yes, because you realize that you're, you're it's an event. It's, it could be a terrible event. It could be something super sad. You could lose someone. It could be terrible, but you know life keeps moving. And if you're able to process it, you're able to move through it, even the sad stuff. Yep. And I think on this, if we go spiritual again, the more you're able to do the meditation, do the praying, and, and, and I mean, in my own belief, the more I actually not just believe, but know that I'm a soul in a body and start to be able to actually physically be able to and spiritually feel the difference of human and soul the more I'm able to remove myself a little bit in when, when I get into bad situations I can actually take that extra split second and be like okay I feel shitty this is human I'm human I'm maybe reacting I'm not perfect but but actually being able to take that extra little second to be like hmm why am I reacting this way hmm Oh, I know that I feel really shitty right now, but it's going to get better. And this is yeah. just a human experience. That is a path to contentment because there's no such thing as being in a place of bliss all the time. Yep. This is not possible. But the more you can clear your storm clouds and the more you can feel that presence within you through your work, through your whatever it is, prayer, meditation, the more you're able to weather those storms in less of a spin. Like you're not like... It's almost like you were in the valley before and you can't see the forest for the trees. I still sometimes am there, right? And you help me like, whoa, hello, rumor. You can't <laughs> see the forest for the trees. Oh my God, this is horrible. Oh my God, I know what happiness is and why am I back in here? And oh, like you beat yourself up about it. And then you're like, okay, the more work you do, the more you realize, yeah, this is shitty. I'm having a shitty week. I reacted in a way I should have. I was human. I am human. That's okay. And separate yourself going, okay, I've just got to ride this, got to ride this one yeah. through. Yeah. That's happiness to me. And it's, I don't even think, I don't, it's almost like I, I would replace it with contentment and it's being in comfortable and opening up. In sync with, with yourself. And having the bandwidth in the moment. Yeah. 
to not fill your head. I think that's where the meditation really comes in for people, whether it's yoga, whether it's running, whether it's meditation. Yeah, yeah to, to each their own. Clearing that, clearing the space so that when you're in the moment, you're, the hamster's not running on the wheel as hard. Yeah.